Come on, Shaawa, come on, Shaawa. So once again, it's your brother Taja Doc coming at you downtown New York City from the New York of the United States bankruptcy court. So while I'm giving people the opportunity to actually come in the room, uh, I'll start by saying this. You have qualities and strengths that only a few have. Only a few would actually understand and only a few actually possess. You have those qualities within you. So you always want to be the lion that's actually climbing up the hill. You never want to be the lion that's already on the hill. You want to be the lion that's climbing up the hill. Because the lion that's climbing up the hill, shalom, shalom, huh? the lion that's climbing up the hill is always hungrier than the lion that's on top of the hill. You don't want to be the sheep. You want to be the lion. Because there's a lot of wolves out here that's eating a lot of sheep. And the U.S. de facto is a wolf. Is a wolf that's been eating a lot of people like sheep and leading them to the slaughter. So once again, to those of you that just actually tuning in, Tazadox Docks downtown, um, right in front of the United States Bankruptcy Court over by the Bowling Green um, train station. To those of you that may want to come up, we're going to do a live stream and I'm going to talk to you about money, but I'm also going to talk to you about the incantation of words. And so, um, but while people are actually coming into the room, I want to say, um, and by the way, brother, if you could hear me, could you actually um, just give a thumbs up in the room or just say yes or something like that? And I'll appreciate that. I don't want to do another long video and then nobody's actually hearing me. You understand what I'm saying? But nevertheless, you want to be that lion that's actually going up the hill. The lion that's climbing up the hill is uh, th the water, the water, uh, the water. Um, Shabbat Shalom, by the way. You know, first of all, you know, I've got to say that's giving all praises and double honors to the gods of our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whose proper name is Yahweh. Uh, many of you say um, Yahweh. Remember, many of you say Ahaya. Many of you say um, Yahuwah. Hey, we're not going to argue over the name. We all here in love, and we're all here facing the enemy. And we all we all know who the enemy is. And there's a lot of enemies out there. Some of us, we have enemies in our own home. Some of you, you have enemies in your own home. And, and before I start, man, I want to say this. To any of you out there that's in abusive relationships, you're being abused by someone, and that person has come back and telling you that, oh, they love you, and can you please forgive me? Don't go for it. Don't go for it. The abuser will not change. A leopard will not change his, his stripes. Stop falling for that. That is not love if you're in a relationship where you're being abused. If you're feeling captive, if you're feeling like if you leave, uh, you know, you know, you're fearful about how you're gonna survive, I suggest to you that you go to the most high in prayer and you leave that abusive relationship because it will destroy you. Leave that relationship. Don't wait any longer. Leave that relationship. And this is coming from your brother because the Most High put this in my spirit to tell you this. Because I know some people out there right now that's going through abusive relationships and you're tolerating. So don't tolerate the abuse. So with that being said, 
you know, everything I'm about to say is not legal advice, not to be taken as legal advice. If you need legal advice, seek yourself a competent counsel, and then please be advised. Everything I'm about to give you is strictly for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not to be misconstrued as legal advice or taken as legal advice. So as I was saying, you want to be that lion that's actually always climbing up the hill. Why you want to be the lion that's climbing up the hill? Because he always has a hunger for more. The lion on the top of the hill has lost that hunger. He's not hungry anymore. Therefore, you're not going to stride as you would have actually walked. So, you may have to walk alone for a minute. To those that's in an abusive relationship, you may have to walk alone for a minute. You may not be part of the herd. The herd may talk bad about you, but don't worry about what the herd is saying about you because it is better to walk alone in the right direction than to walk with the herd in the wrong direction. Understand that. So be that lion going up the hill. Understand that. Stay strong. Be powerful. Be different. Don't be like the norm. Nothing good. Nothing good, brothers and sisters. Nothing good comes from someone that's average. Anyone can be average. Not, you're not remembered by being average. If you want to be great, you have to be dissident. You have to be different. Nothing good comes without hard work. Nothing good comes without pain. So if you need to leave that abusive relationship, you may have to undergo pain. You may not know how you're going to survive, but you need to leave, leave now. Don't wait because it could turn into a fatality. Leave now so what is your want factor is the next thing i'm going to ask you what is your work factor what is your want factor what is your willpower what is your why that you may want to um, do what you want to do it all comes down to your desire it all comes down to how bad you want it the want factor if you do not work for it hard enough you will not accomplish it See, I work for success. I deserve success. This is what you're going to have to tell yourself. I deserve greatness and I will not settle for anything else. Easy is average. That's what the average person does. They do something that's easy. But the great... And by the way, people that is average, you're never remembered. It's the great people that's remembered. And you're remembered by doing difficult tasks. You're remembered by pushing yourself beyond the norm. You're remembered by pushing yourself beyond average. So you must push yourself beyond average. And you must ask yourself, self, what can I do? If you fall, I'm saying if you fall, you gotta ask yourself, what can I do to ensure that this never happens to me in life again. It doesn't matter where you are in life. It doesn't matter who you are. You can improve your life. You can improve your life. So you must appreciate who you are because before you can actually appreciate anything that's outside of you. You must appreciate yourself. You must learn to love yourself. If you don't love yourself, you don't have self-love, you're not going to be able to give a proper love to others. So if you don't have a self-love, I need you to write down on a cue card, on an index card, I love me. And you're going to repeat that to yourself three times a day. So you have to be committed. That's the next thing I want to say. you got to be committed. 
You got to be committed to success. You got to be committed to greatness. And if I had to use one word to describe how you could actually be great, how you could be successful, that word would be discipline. You must be disciplined because to be disciplined, it means you have to be consistent. Inconsistency is one of the number one reasons for people failing. You gotta have faith also. You gotta have faith in the most high and you gotta have faith in yourself. You gotta believe in yourself. Don't settle for less. Don't worry about the naysayers. Don't worry about what the negative people are saying to you. You must believe in you and you must push through the pain. You must push beyond the pain. You must never give up. You must remain focused and you must remain faithful. And they might say, so there would be some people say, oh, well, you didn't have any time for me or something like that. Well, maybe they was not worth my time. Understand that. They might be saying, well, you didn't spend enough time with me. Well, maybe you was not worth me being willing enough to spend my time on you. Understand that. So with that being said, again, this is not legal advice. I do not offer legal advice. If you need legal advice, seek yourself a competent counsel and please be advised. Everything I'm about to give you is strictly for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes. So I just wanna tell you, if you're going through a foreclosure right now, if you're going for a repo on a car loan, if you're going through credit card debt and you're stressing out, don't you wallow in the valley of despair. I'm here to give you right knowledge. And I'm not like one of them knucklehead so-called gurus on the internet that, you know, they go and get bits and pieces of knowledge and they give you a little bit of information, just enough to get you in trouble. This, uh, I'm God, I'm God sent. I'm sent by the Most High. And if you receive this knowledge and do what I tell you to do, you will be debt free and you will relinquish that stressful life that you're actually been living in. Now, I had a discussion you know, um, with a friend. And, and by the way, brother, Sean, you, you, you gotta get back in the books, brother, and study. You gotta study to show yourself approved. There's a lot of people out here, a legend, that they're, oh, I know how to do this, and I know how to do this. I mean, you get your feet wet. You just put your toe in the water, and you think you're qualified to teach people. A lot of these people that you see on the internet, man, you gotta be very careful, because they're gonna tell you something that's gonna get you locked up. So the Most High sent me to give you right knowledge. I'm telling you, man, I'm sent by the Most High. This is why I say what I say. This is why I do what I do. And this is why I know what I know. Half of the time when I'm about to do a live stream, the Spirit comes on me and just speaks through me. I'm just a vessel that the Spirit is speaking through. I'm God's man, Yahweh's man. And what I give you will change your life if you believe, but you must have faith. Now I had a discussion with a friend the other day, um, downtown Brooklyn. And I was asked the question, you know, you know, I asked him the question when he told me, he first asked me the question, Taz Duck, man, how, how do you remain so calm and so peaceful and you quell your spirit? I mean, with all of this debt and the way that the world is. And I said, yeah, brother, I agree, I concur. The world is a crazy place. All you gotta do is turn on the tell light vision and watch the news and you will see how deranged this world really is. But I told him, I said, brother, why are you stressing over these little things about an alleged death? What if I told you? What if I told you 
that all of your debt was prepaid. And the brother looked at me dumbfounded like I was an idiot. And the only time that I um, acknowledge myself as an idiot is when I go into the color of a court system because I don't do, I don't know any of the statutes or codes or anything. I don't understand anything. And so an idiot just simply means I don't know. Therefore, they can't charge me for anything that I don't know. But back to this. So I asked the, I asked the king. I said, king, check this out, king. King, check this out. What if I told you that your mortgage, your car loan, your student loan, your credit card was fraudulent debt? Was fraudulent debt? Would you keep paying it? And the brother looked at me and said, hell no. But too bad, you're living in an imaginary world. I said, oh, brother, I mean, you're entitled to that belief. But what if I told you that I've actually discharged every debt that I've actually had? Because I know contract, I mean the law. I mean contract, I mean the law. And then it sparked his attention. So I proceeded to say, you know, the problem with your response, King, is that it's based on a backwards view of what money really is and what credit really is. Now, what if everything, and I'm saying, I'm talking to you right now, I'm talking to all of you in the audience, and everybody that then tune into this core, they're gonna be just hating it because I'm not gonna leave this video up because usually I only teach stuff like this at a seminar or something like that, but the spirit's moving me to teach this to give you love. But nevertheless, now, what if everything that we've ever been taught by this system to believe about money and credit is an illusion? What if you are really living in the matrix? And what if the Most High is really sending me in the spirit of a Morpheus or a Neo? What if that happens to be real? And what if the matrix was not just a movie? Well, I'm here to tell you it's not just a movie. And this is why I'm standing in front of the United States Bankruptcy Court, downtown New York City. Because I'm about to go in on money and enlighten you. Many of you, you're going to get deprogrammed on this session. And then you're going to be enlightened if you receive it. If we could get beyond your cognitive dissonance. But since many of you suffer from aphasia, it may be a difficult task. But I'm going to try through the spirit of Yahweh Ba'ashem Yahweh Shah. So, well, many of those who's actually listening to what I'm about to put out through the spirit of Yahweh Ba'ashem Yahweh Shah, um, Many of you might know some of this. Many of you, you know bits and pieces of this. Um, but believe me, what I'm telling you is the truth. And I've actually done this myself. I'm not giving you no fabricated story, but I'm about to expose some hidden truths. So this video that I'm about to give you is a phenomenal, it's gonna be a phenomenal breakdown. I may not t have time to give it all because this is a lot of information. And as you know, my seminars, they last like six hours and I'm about to break those down into like two days because there's so much information that I be actually putting out. Now, before I get into the, um, the um, asparagus and um, the, the asparagus and um, eggplant of the matter, and to those of you that eat meat, I guess you could say the meat and potatoes of this um, brilliant um, discussion here, the first thing that I want to say is a deposit, well, hit me well, brothers and sisters, a deposit created through lending is a debt that has 
to be prepaid on demand of the depositor. Did you hear me? A deposit created through lending is a debt that has to be prepaid on demand of the depositor just the same as a debt arising from a customer deposit of checks or currency in the bank. Now, of course, if they don't really pay out loans from the money they receive on deposits, is it really money? And I'm going to tell you, for educational purpose only, they do not pay out deposits on the money that they receive. So if they did this, no additional money would actually be created. So what they, what they do, brothers and sisters, what they do when they make loans is to accept promissory notes in exchange for credit to the borrower. So this is known as the borrower's transactions account. Federal Reserve Bank, Chicago, Martin Money Mechanics, page six is where I got that information. Now, I'm gonna hit you with something. Banks are prohibited from lending their own money from their own assets or from other depositors. Don't believe me? Go and check it out for yourself. So if a bank is prohibited from lending its own money or the depositor's money, are they really lending you money? Well, ah, no, meaning no. So where did the money or the fiat comes from? Well, the contract that we signed, brothers and sisters, our promissory note was converted into a negotiable instrument by the bank and became an asset on banks accounting on the books. Do you understand? So this is why I'm doing this presentation in front of the United States Bankruptcy Court, which is behind me, to my rear. So according to, uh, write this down, should be writing this down. US UCC 1-201 and UCC 3-104, it was our signature on the note which made the money. Now, Brother Jimmy in the Bronx, I hope you're listening to this, my good brother, because you're inspiring me to do this just to make sure you're okay with your acceptance for value. And I'm gonna say this, I'm not telling anyone to do anything, I'm not suggesting anyone do anything, but um, if you're doing your acceptance for values, this information is vital. And you can't lose. You can't go wrong with this procedure that I'm about to give you for free. Because I love you. So, now I'm going to also give you a warning. Do not attempt. Now, all these people listening, you, only you Harvey Dent followers and so on and so forth, and only you people that's doing the secure party credit uh, packet, and you want to do, um, and you want to do, Hey, and you want to do like a treasury direct account? People, you know, just want to be on channel or whatever. But hey, yeah, whatever. You want to be, you know, accessing the um, treasury direct account by way of the birth certificate? Brothers and sisters, do not attempt to access your treasury direct account via the birth certificate um, for information, informational purposes only. See, that, that ended a decade ago but you got people like harvey dent a, jo a johnny come lately so-called sovereign guru that led many of you astray and you got hit with reversals so i put out a video in response to that why am i telling you not to do it 
because the courts made that illegal. And if you will do it, you may end up going to jail. You may get a federal indictment because I know people that's actually been federal indicted. So stay the hell away from that treasury direct account and trying to withdraw money because a feds will come for you. Understand that. Don't believe me, go ahead and test the waters. So the OPPT trustee recovered your value at a much higher levy or level which address the root of the problem with the system. So do not go and try and you know withdraw um, things from the Treasury Direct account and all that foolishness. Stay the hell away from it before you get locked up. Now I'm warning through the spirit. The spirit is moving me to tell you this, man, because a lot of people it's gonna be in trouble. It's gonna take a lot of love to get you guys out of this. Now the FBI alphabet group you know like the irs fbi cia the fbi contact brother tazadak who had actually written how, how many of you remember um the eft method i know sister dolly um remembers it the eft method now a few years back your brother tazadak was using the eft method so the fbi literally contact brother tazadak um in said they wanted to set up an interview with Brother Tazadak because Brother Tazadak had actually written a check on a bank account that was actually closed out. So the Alphabet Group decided to give Brother Tazadak a call and ask Brother Tazadak what was his intent in writing checks on closed accounts. Now for educational purposes only, I know, because I study the law, I mean the contract, I mean the law, I know that banks account that they say are closed are never really closed for educational purposes only. That's just my mere belief. So, Bubba Tazit Dot was not at home when the um, Alphabet Group decided to pay him a visit. Therefore, they left the brother a voicemail for Bubba Tazit Dot to contact them. So, what did Brother Tazit Dock to? Because this is why I tell you to study contract more. This is why I tell you to get my books, The Infliction of Commerce. I tell you to get my books, Commercial Warfare. I tell you to get my books, Red Pill Right Knowledge. Why am I telling you to get my books? So I can put some more fiat in my pocket? No, I gotta survive. I can't work in the system anymore. But I'm telling you because I'm giving you real life experiences that I have experienced in those books. Real actual writs that I've actually used. And guess what? I won every time. So what I did is I sent them a conditional acceptance. And I'm gonna uh, tell you how I actually worded that conditional acceptance because when they asked me to give them a call or to contact them, I understand that's an offer. Despite the language that they put it in, though the language was pretty threatening because they hit me with a damn show cause order. And if, you, if any of you know anything about the court system, with a show cause order, they will lock your ass up. They will put you in jail. But did I go into panic mode? No. I, I just looked at it as an offer because that's all it was. So that was a presumption by the bank that I was doing something wrong. Now, why did the bank think that? Now, 
the visit by the Alphabet Group, um, I think FBI, um, was implied, it was an implied charge, in other words, against Brother Tyler Dahl. So the visit by the Alphabet Group was actually an implied show cause. Otherwise, saying you need to show cause why you wrote a check on a closed-out account, Brother Tazit Dot. So, so it was a show cause hearing. And so, why? They wanted to know why Tazit Dot wrote the check. And show cause, why did he think he could write the check? And why, show cause why, he should not be locked up. And why he should not actually be brought up on express charges for some crime involving writing a check and writing checks on closed accounts that the brother Tazadop had written. So, Tazadop, being the man that he is, God's man, totally undaunted, did not go in the fear, did not go in the bitch mode, just looked at it as an orphan. So, what did I do? I didn't make a statement. Why? Because creditors do not make statements. Creditors ask questions because he that is asking is as king. He's asked the king. So I sent them a conditional acceptance of appreciations. So the following is how I responded. Now, this alleged charge that they was bringing against Brother Tazak Dahl. Now, debtors typically would have made a statement, debtors would have argued, and debtors probably would have actually denied it. And so, what happens if you deny it? What happens if you deny writing a check on a closed account? Did someone um, type that in the room? So, nevertheless, I've done a conditional acceptance um, not to make a statement in my conditional acceptance or an appearance to the merits of the applied charges, I didn't do that. Concerning this closed account that they say was closed. Or else, if I did that, it would have been what? It would have been a testimony. It would have been a testimony and I would have been a debtor. So I didn't make a statement. I didn't make a testimony. You see what I'm saying? That's the debtor status. Or, I would have been a loser, in other words, regarding the matter. Now, I could have avoided contacting the Alphabet Group after they left the voicemail to contact them, but that would have still been a debtor status. That would have actually been going in dishonor that many of you do. You get these orphans, you go online, you listen to these damn so-called sovereign gurus, and then you go in dishonor. You don't show up into these courts because of fit. Because of fit. Let me tell you something, King. Fear is an intangible. Fear don't really exist. Fear only exists in your mind. It is an intangible. You create the fear with your thinking. And if you create it, you can destroy it. It is an intangible. Fear really does not exist. So I elected to ask questions in my conditional acceptance. Why? That's a creditor status. Give me a second. Let me let this ambulance pass. So I was passing by. So 
I elected to ask questions in the letter that became presumption being true and factual. Do you understand? So I elected to ask questions in the letter became, the, you know, it became the response to the rebuke. Any presumptions that I was actually in any kind of dishonor or impropriety concerning the actions with the closed account. And I said, thus, I accept. Now listen well, listen well. You should be writing this down. Well, at least watch, well, I can't tell you to watch this video five times because I intend to take it down. There's a lot of valuable information I'm gonna put out in this video. And hey, I'm already under the spotlight, but what you gonna do, I'm giving you luck. So I said as thus, I accept all the facts in your statement that I have written checks on a closed account. I accept the account in question with the bank is closed. What did I do? This is acceptance. What is the acceptance? Acceptance is agreement. So with agreement, I stayed in honor. Remember, there's only four doors. Two of them, you go in dishonor. Two, you stay in honor. Argue in silence, you go in dishonor. That's the status of a debtor. Acceptance and conditional acceptance, you stay in honor. That's the status of a creditor. So I accepted the offer. I, I stayed in honor. So this is acceptance of the applied offer by the alphabet group, the FBI. So that there needs to be a show cause as to what Tazadak was doing. Now, any acceptance at common law is the beginning of a confession and an avoidance plea. Do you understand? Any acceptance in common law is the beginning of a confessions and avoidance plea. So in equity, the confession and avoidance plea is in equity and acceptance for value. Do you understand? In acceptance, in equity, the acceptance and avoidance plea is an accepted for value. I don't think you hear me. That probably just went over your head. So the plea does not create controversy. Do you understand? What does controversy do? That's the status of a debtor. That's argument. You lose. You go in dishonor. Do you understand? This is why I tell you to get my books, man. This language is actually spoken in my books. So the plea is a fiction of law that grants jurisdiction to the court admitting the well-pled facts in the pleading so that the court can actually assist you in the matter of resolving the issue. So an acceptance give the party accepting the matter the authority to handle the account for settlement and closure, for settle of settlement and closure. Now the accepting parties adds one more fact to the charging pleading which actually overcomes the presumption of the charge by avoidance of the charge of charging a conclusion of the law. Now, number two, I conditionally accept their offer upon proof of claim, and I conditionally accept their offer for value and return for value the presumption. So, Brother Tazadop have a duty to show cause for his actions with the bank upon proof of claim that it is not public policy of the United States under House Joint Resolution 192 and Public Law 7310 and 48 Statute 48 that debts at law are not discharged, but am I not 
Am I not released from paying or discharging a public debt under HJR 192, a public law, 7310, a 48 statute, 48? So instead, to exchange consideration upon dollar for dollar, is that not what it states in House Short Resolution 192? Is that not what it states in public law 7310? Well, if you're not familiar with that, I suggest that you go and read it. Go and check it out for yourselves. Third thing I did, I conditionally accept for value and return for value the presumption I have a duty to show cause for my actions with the bankruptcy or with the bank upon proof of claim that without money, because there is no real money, understand that, as established under Article 1, Section 10, Clause 1 of the United States Constitution, which is the supreme law under the land in circulation, that the only commercial consideration that exists is each and every person's exemptions by way of their prepaid account by the United States Secretary of Treasury. Is that not true? Don't believe me, go and check it out for yourself. This is where it works for me every time. Why? Because I show them the law. You said show me the law. Well, I'm showing you the law right now. All you gotta do is go and check out what I'm saying. I'm giving you love. Number four, the fourth thing I did, I conditionally accept for value and return for value the presumption. Because remember, they operate under presumption and assumption. The presumption that I have a duty to show cause for any actions with the bank upon proof of claim that a person does not have the capacity and standing to authorize the use of the personal exemption to discharge liabilities with the approval of the Secretary of State. Do you understand what I'm saying to you, family? The fifth thing that I did, I conditionally accept for value and return for value the presumption, because it's all presumption. Remember, they operate off of presumption and assumption. Presumption and assumption. So I could, what did I do? I conditionally accept their presumption. I conditionally accept for value and return for value their presumption and their assumptions that I have a duty to show cause for any of my options with the bank upon proof of claim that you have direct knowledge that the Secretary of State or my bank have issued a certificate of protest, a certificate of protest, you should write that down, a certificate of protest of any instrument drafted by me directed to my bank or the Secretary of Treasury as a fiduciary creditor or jury. Do you understand? So, I request that I proceeded to state, I request that you please serve me with the certificate of protest from the Secretary of Treasury or from my bank, if one exists, or any of my drafts so I can actually observe an error or mistake and correct the said dishonor if such a dishonor exists. Do you understand? So that was the end of my conditional acceptance. I gave them 10 days to respond and acquiescence is agreement to anything stated herein. Short and sweet and to the point. So what did I just give you? For educational purposes, I just gave you remedy for your acceptance values if you comprehend what I just said. So, this communication, brothers and sisters, it shows that the alphabet group, the FBI, 
CIA, IRS, all alphabet groups, investigators that ties a dollar are operating under the official public policy set forth by the United States when the United States confiscated all the law for money of accounts and circulations in 1933 under FDR. Do you understand? So when you say that you're accepted for values and not working is because you don't understand contract. I mean the law, I mean contract. You don't understand this. You haven't studied enough. You haven't applied yourself enough. You're just a Johnny come lately that think you understand, but you're not versed in this. You gotta burn the friggin' midnight oil. You can't pretend to know this. If you pretend to know this, you're gonna get your behind in some deep crap. Some deep crap that you're not gonna be able to get out of. This is why I encourage you to research, study. Study this so your stuff approved. Then when you're done, study again. You gotta put this work in. You gotta study, there's no way around it. There's no way around it. So in 1933, Money was actually taken out of circulation, so it became impossible to pay debts with public sanctioned money under the provisions of the United States Constitution. Do you understand? Article 1, Section 10, Clause 1. So in return for the confiscation of real money, gold and silver, in return, what did they do? They drafted up a public policy that said that we could discharge a settle of debts on the public side. Do you understand? The United States became liable to pay all... Uh, hey, listen, man. I didn't make this up. You, you go and check this out for yourself. You go and read House Joint Resolution 192. You say, ah, it ties a House Joint Resolution could change. Well, the public law doesn't change. You say, show me the law. I showed it to you already. Public law 7310. 48 statute 48. Go and look the damn thing up. Stop asking me dumbass questions, man. And keep sending me a lot of dumb, stupid emails when I've given you this over the years, man. Again and again and again. And you just don't get it. And guess what? This is not for some of you, man. Some of you are never going to get this, man. Because you don't comprehend this language, man. So it's not for some of you. This may not be for you. And the next thing is fear. Your fear prevents you from doing this. You're worried about getting locked up. But guess what? Your fear is an intangible. The friggin' fear only exists in your damn mind. You created the fear so you can destroy it. Destroy your fear. Job 38 and 3, gird up your loins like a man. Stop going into pussy mode. Stop being a damn wussy. Because on the other side of that fear is greatness, is your success, is your freedom. The answers is there, but they're not compelled to show you. They don't have to show you. They gave you a remedy. If they didn't give you a remedy, it would be a fraud. But it can't be a fraud if the remedy's there. But you do, you just don't know how to access the remedy. So the Most High raised up, Kahan Tazadak. And you hate me. Many of you don't like me. Well, well this, this guy, well, he think he knows everything. I'm giving you love. But you don't want to receive the love. So you can't, for educational purposes only, according to... House Joint Resolution 192, Public Law 7310, 48 Statute 48. They are supposed to handle the public debts. And, and two, you, you bird brains um, that are tied to die. How come I can't write you and accept it for value for the secure party creditor packet? Negro, I'm on the private side. This is this is why you this is why you gotta study, man. You need to know the difference between public and private. They're on the public side. We're on the private side. You can't interact with me on the private side and discharge a debt. Get your damn mind right, man. Get your mind right, King. 
let's stop the buffoonery, man, and really run this stuff. So they has a fiduciary duty, man, to 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 discharge these or pay these public debts, man. They can't really pay them, so you either settle off, settle and close them for dif for discharge. They said that. They did this. I didn't write this. They made this up. This is their public policy. They have a fiduciary duty, man. So the United States became liable to pay the debts of the people as fiduciary creditors. But the first thing you gotta do is you gotta be a creditor. You can't be, continue to be in a damn debtor status and do this like so many people are talking about. Can I be a ward of the state and sit off a debt? You are a slave if you are a ward of the slave. You are a, if you are a citizen, you are a damn subject. You are a slave. And if I have time, I'm gonna go into this, man, and show you how they mess you up with words. They, they screw you over with words, man, because you suffer from aphasia. And I keep saying the same thing over and over and over again, man. You gotta learn words, man. You gotta get, you gotta get yourself a good law dictionary, man. Get a good book on contract law. Get my books and study these words, man. Again and again and again. So understand that. So since all commercial energy in existence comes from the mental and the physical powers of the living people comes from us. It comes from us. All commercial energy comes from our mental and our physical power. That's where all commercial energy comes from. It comes from the people and not from corporations or government. It is these living people who are the lenders. Do you friggin' understand? We are the lenders. We're the creditors to all of society. Do you understand? So in return for the loans that we the people are giving them, the United States keeps track of these loans from the people by tracking the contributions of the strongmen, i.e. the corporate shadows, the corporate constructs, the syndicate trusts, and legions, the corporations of the people by way of what the United States calls the social security number, what Canada calls the social insurance number. Now since all donations, meaning loans, of commercial assets from the people to the United States are accounted for by way of the social insurance number or the social security accounting, the United States knows that at any time or one time, how much it owes the ultimate creditors, the living people, do you understand? So most people believe that the social security number or the social insurance number was created to enslave the people by making them takers of the benefit. Well, oh, not true, not true. That account number is actually what gives you the ability for educational purposes only according to their statutes, their laws, not according to Taz Adam. Their statutes, their laws is what gives you the ability to settle off, settle and close accounts for educational purposes only. I'm, am I suggesting that you try any of this? No. I'm just telling you what Tazadok did. I'm just telling you what Tazadok did for educational purposes only. Now, most people believe that that social security um, number enslaves them. It's not true. So everything from bankruptcy, brothers and sisters, like this bankrupt court that I'm standing in front of, and this is particularly why I'm doing this video downtown, 
in front of the United States Bankruptcy Court is because we're dealing with fiat. We're dealing with money. But fiat is not even what you think it is, King. And if I have time, I'm going to go into that real briefly. Got a lot of words that I really wanted to go over, man. But, um, so it was to allow government to take our commercial energy and to use it to run the nation while at the same time not being guilty of fraud. That's what the social security number was essentially created for. The government needed to account for how much commercial energy it owed each one of the people. Do you understand? So, which is ultimately the creditors. Now, for our contributions. Our contributions of what? Our contributions of our mental energy and our contributions of our physical energy. Therefore, the social security was used to track our claims against the United States GOV. Do you understand, which is a federal corporation according to 28 USC 3002 subsection 15A. Go and check it out yourself. Go and look it up right now. Go and look it up. Google it right now while you listen to me. I dare you to look it up. And you're gonna find out that the United States is a federal corporation like Walmart, like Wackenhut, like Mary Kay, like Chase J.P. Morgan. It's a corporation. It is not what you think it is. So, that's the United States. And guess what? Your state became a franchisee to the United States. So you're living in a corporate state. And so you became a ward of the state until you become a secure party creditor and change your status on the record. So what are you waiting for to become a secure party creditor? And what are you waiting for to study and research this information? Because they're trying to shut it down for educational purposes only. They're trying to stop you. A lot of states are trying to stop the UCC one. A lot of states are trying to threaten you and say, well, this is frivolous paper filing. They're supposed to tell you that. They're supposed to put fear into you. Why? Because you're weak and they know you're going to go for it. Because you are weak. You are weak. Because why? Fear controls you, but again, fear is an intangible. It only exists in your mind, queen. Get your mind right. So, we are the creditors. And it, it is the debtor. So, brothers and sisters, the acceptance of value, accounting is the summary resort of, you know, this accounting that's actually keeping track, and this SSN number is keeping track of the people's contributions and their earnings on those contributions. That's what the SSN is for. Now, it's only affected, what? If you're a secure party creditor. Because if you're, if you're an incompetent ward of the state, if you're an incompetent, hey, can you discharge debt? No. Can a slave have a bank account? No. He can't control it. So then all of these other things is actually going to apply to you. Do you understand? So there are two accounts, family. There are two accounts. The one account is the account on the first tier contribution. This is the property contributed to the United States from the people of the states by way of the acts of the governors of the states in March of 1933. So the larger asset account is most likely the earnings of the commercial investments and the assets contributed to the first account. The second account is dealing with the investment earnings. Is dealing with the investment earnings. Most likely, the account belonging to the people. Do you understand? 
and as long as they are alive to claim it, if they're in proper status, for educational purposes only, I contend that they can complain. Now after their death, their share of this account is probably a stop with their probate. Do you understand? So living people loan or contribute credits to the United States when they own property, they register it. Or when they have income and have filed income tax returns. You are actually in commerce when you have income, you are in commerce. You sell the labor of the living man for private money. Do you understand? You sell the labor of the private man for salakia. You sell the labor of the living man for private money, which is fiat, or when you are an or. Or if you register property, so Title 31, United States Code 3124 is interesting. I think you should go and check it out. Title 3124 of the US Code. It is actually titled exemptions from taxation. What, wait, Tazadok, you saying? We don't have to pay tax? Listen up, fam, listen up. This statute says, in effect, that you are not exempt from taxation under Title 26 of the United States Code if you sell your labor or if you own property that is registered of any state of the United States. Do you understand? Notice now, I want you to notice Title 31 of the United States Code is the laws concerning money. Now, since there is no public money now, the only there's only private money, there's only fiat money of the private Federal Reserve Bank, then there is no ability to purchase any titles or property anymore. Do you understand? This is why you're not able to get these MSOs and you know um, the um, allodial titles. They make it impossible because there's no real money to get it with. Do you understand? This stuff is all making more and more sense to me, man. The more I study, the more I burn the midnight oil, the more it makes sense to me. Do you understand? And the more it will make sense to you. Someone's talking about the sun and the moon. You should be listening to this message, good brother. But nevertheless, well, let me let this um, siren pass by. Nevertheless, brothers and sisters, so, you know, there is no real money. There is no real money. So, Federal Reserve notes means that no one's owned property. No one has ownership of anything. Why? Because of the Federal Reserve notes. So, no one is actually really owning any property or you're selling your labor for private money. So, because there's no lawful money. So, there's a transfer and exchange. Therefore, when it's actually always dealing with federal property rights in any ownership or in any sell or labor for money, you're always dealing with federal property rights. Now, since one is dealing in a property right of money or owns property, then a tenant of the federal feudal plantation, because that's what you are, you're a tenant of the federal feudal plantation and since you're a tenant of the federal feudal plantations because you're using federal reserve notes thinking you're purchasing things then you're not tax exempt 
from the statute of Title 26 mentioned in Title 31, Title 31, 24. So being outside of that exemption, you are taxable. Do you understand? So the tax is a rent for the use of the Federal Reserve notes. Do you understand? The tax is the tax is a rent that you're essentially paying for the federal federal property held by the United States in a trust for the people and franchise to the federal 14th Amendment fictions and corporations to raise revenue for what is known as democracy. It is no longer a republic. So you're raising revenue for demonocracy, democracy. So there's a court case, brothers and sisters, and I'm gonna try, you know, uh, I'm gonna try and get into some words and so if you want to learn more about this, you're going to have to attend my last seminar, my next seminar. My next seminar, I go deep into this about the money and how all debts is discharged because this, this is a lengthy subject. I wanted to really go over some words with you to help you get out of the mind state that you're in. But there, um, before I finish up on this, there's a court case that says the same thing that I'm speaking about right now. And this I actually came into this knowledge. It is backwards to reality. It is backwards to reality. But the truth is, anyway, the agents of the court speaks as the agents of Yahweh. Do you understand? These agents of the court are trying to speak as agents of Yahweh to his people. So they're trying to speak as God to his people. Do you understand? The federal government has tried to set this stuff up as God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if the people will listen, the scripture says in 1 Chronicles chapter 13, verse 12, for now, in the latter days, we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I even also as I am known. So brothers and sisters, the glass, the way that I've actually um, de um, deciphered this through the, through the spirit, the glass is a mirror that inverts the direction from left to right. So when you got a mirror image, it flips things around from left to right. When Masons do, they say what is above is also below. Everything is topsy-turvy. It's not as it appears to be. So the glass converts the direction from left to right. And darkly is the modifier that suggests that the image from the mirror is not easily discernible even when it's actually in reverse. Do you understand? So the court case from the United States Supreme Court, if the nation, meaning man, so I broke this down because we remember, when you're dealing with nation, you're dealing with nationality. And when you're dealing with nationality, you're dealing with man. What is your nationality? This is why I tell you this stuff. So the court says, the court case says, if the nation, meaning the man, comes down from it, and the it, I interpret that as his, position of sovereignty and enters the domain of commerce, it, meaning he, submits itself, because you think it's talking about a nation, but I've interpreted that it's essentially talking about man, submits himself to that same law that governs individuals therein. So it, meaning he, assumes the position of ordinary citizens, it, Meaning he. So you come from a sovereign status and you assume the position of an ordinary citizen, which is a subject, which is a slave. He cannot recede from the fulfillment of it, meaning his obligation. 
So that's 74 Federal Republic, 145 following, 91 U.S., 398. You could go and look up that court case. That's case law. So I want you to notice the words, you know, um, that I use. You're not going to find that in the court case. I've replaced words like it with him and his because that's what they was talking about. They was talking about the man. They was talking about the living soul, but they try and use fictions like it and it. So understand that. So the case was a commercial case in which the sovereignty of the United States was drawn into question. So the Supreme Court said that when a sovereign goes into a commercial relationship with private money, not lawful money, but private money of an account, it loses sovereignty. Do you understand what I just said? So the, the Supreme Court, brothers and sisters, was telling us that we are lost. We lost our sovereignty in 1933 when they took away real money. Do you understand? How do you gain it back? You become a secure party creditor, change your status. You put yourself in a proper status. So in 1933, when we went into commerce with the Federal Reserve Note, do you understand? So that did not secure title goods and purchases because it's, it's fiat money. It's not real money. It's not gold or silver. So the title remained with the state under the principles. And so the only way to remain sovereign is to be out of commercial activity. Do you understand? Why be out of commercial activity? Because in commercial activity, they're using fiat currency. They're not using real money. Do you understand? Do you understand? Now, so now I, I want to talk about words um, a, a, a bit. And so this is really important. You, you got to understand words because most people suffer from aphasia. And so first and foremost, when I, I, I put incantation in my title, the incantation it's it's a series of words said as a magic spell or claim that's what incantation means it's a series of words said as a magic spell or charm so when you whenever you receive a, a subpoena from a court whenever you receive a competent a, a subpoena from a court uh, any kind of commercial presentment then they're writing something to you and when they're writing things down, what are they doing? They're spelling. When they're spelling, they're casting spells on you because you don't understand, you don't comprehend the words. Now, you can conclude that I'm deranged all you want to, but if you don't listen to what I'm about to say to you, you're gonna remain discombobulated. Some of you, you might click off of this channel, but if you give me approximately about 20 more minutes of your time, to express how you're, you are actually a victim of one of the greatest hopes ever perpetuated on the American people. You are one. Now Kanye West said it was a choice. I'm, we're gonna look at some words today. He said it was a choice. Now, why am I making a comparison to what Kanye West said when he said it was a choice? Because you're listening to me right now, all of you that's listening to me right now, unless you're a secure party creditor, unless you've changed your status, unless you know your nationality, you're a slave. If you're a citizen, you are a slave. Islam, boy. Islam, kid. Islam, boy. 
So, what will you accept for the Moors, brother, right now? Um, Islam, King. So, you are a slave. And I'm going to show, many of you don't think you are, but after, if you listen to me, you're going to, damn, I am a slave. Well, when these wars start going forward. Now, if you are not a slave, I tell you what, don't go to work tomorrow. If you don't think you're a slave, don't go to work Monday. If you work in the system, you don't think you're a slave, don't go to work Monday and don't go for the next three days and you, your black ass is going to be fired. You're going to be fired. Why? Because you didn't go into work. Why? Why? See, the fear of being fired compels you to go into a jaw. But what is a jaw? You ever really look at the word and see what jaw really means? I don't really mean in commercial, colloquial speech. I don't really mean in common parlance because that's not the language that they speak in. What is a jaw? Why do you go down to a human resources for a jaw? What is work? What is an employee? We're gonna look at these words today. We're gonna go in. I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna bang on this piece today. So, and Brother L, you left some um, very informative information on the page. I appreciate that. And I'm gonna present some of it to the people, King Islam. Thanks for that, man. 13 love, King. So, the fear of being compelled to go, to, to get fired, it compels you to go in to a job. Why? Because if you fear that if you don't go into the job, you're not going to be able to eat and you're not going to be able to feed your family. So your fear makes you a slave to a nine to five instead of pursuing your passion, instead of pursuing your dreams, instead of pursuing your goals. So your bitch ass go into a job because you don't have the heart to walk away. You say, oh, how am I going to feed your family? Be a damn man and do it. Because as long as you work on a damn job, you're a goddamn slave. I'm a, and I, sometimes you're getting kind of harsh. I'm very passionate about this because a lot of you right now, man, you want to walk away from that damn job. You don't like what you're doing. You know how I know you don't like what you're doing? A lot of you say, thank God it's Friday. That is an aphorism that's suggesting that you're glad it's the end of the week. When you're working in your passion, when you're doing something that you like, you enjoy doing it. You, you enjoy doing it so much that you would do it for free. You would do it for free that you enjoy doing it so much. So instead, you sacrifice your dreams, you sacrifice your goals, you sacrifice your passion for nine to five, and you are a slave because of fear. Why? Fear of not being able to provide. But again, fear is an intangible. Fear is self-imposed. You create fear in your own mind. And since you create it in your mind, you can destroy it or it will destroy you. So on the other side of that fear, King, is greatness. On the other side of that fear, my queen, is your success. It's victory. It's freedom. Now, you are a voluntary slave. You're volunteering for slavery. You should tell us about what the hell are you talking about, man? I, I, I'm not volunteering for slavery. Watch this. Now, according to Merenian's Webster's Dictionary, it defines slave as a person who has lost control of himself and is dominated by something or someone else. Is it any wonder that so many employees are shackled to their jobs like slaves? They're shackled to their jobs with little freedom, little control. You gotta do what your boss 
says. So you're shackled to your jaw. Well, don't be three minutes late. We're gonna write you up. We're gonna give you a target. Then you get in fear. You start to worry because if he fires you, you don't know how you're gonna provide. And he might treat you like shit. He might treat you like crap. So, day to day, you go into your job with a little freedom to control your day-to-day -day life. And then, even worse, they tell you, well, I gotta work. I need a career. Some of you, they, they teach you in these universities, you need a career. You don't want to just have a job, you want a career. But how many of you have actually sat down and look at what the word career really means? What does what the word career mean? Have you ever really defined it in law and legalese? Have you really deeply looked at these words? I want, you to look, I want you to look at all of these words that I'm bringing out. So, you're told you gotta work. And don't just have a job, get a career. It's not just a job. It's a career. And many, and my, my reception keeps messing up. And many of you, you feel proud, like getting these um, careers. I got a career, I don't just have a job. I have a career. Well, so, to have a career, you go down to the human resources and you become an employee. What is an employee? Another word I want you to define. You should be looking these words up right now. So, you don't have much um, control over your day-to-day -day work schedule. You don't have much control over your day-to-day -day life, um, your day-to-day -day work or career, and you feel like slaves. You say, Tazadak, well, we gotta eat to win. Well, employees are subjects. Employees are subjects that are dominated by employers. The employee isn't a subject that's dominated by an employer. So when the employer tells the employee when he could take lunch, when he could come back from lunch, the days that he could be off, when he could have a vacation, that's a slave. That's control. That's dictatorship. I said, well, Tyler, the doctor got to work to live. Well, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. So, they're like slaves because the employer controls their time and their space. As I previously stated, many employees live in a state of perpetual anxiety and fear about losing their jobs because of the fear of not being able to provide for their families. Now, modern research family indicates that the more, more than half of all employees feel insecure in their jobs and inhibited about expressing their views open. They're afraid to talk about not liking their jobs at work. Now, how many of you know what the word archaic means? Archaic. Archaic. A-R-C-H-A-I-C. Archaic. Well, archaic is something that's very old, old-fashioned, outdated and so on and so forth, ancient. Well, prisons are ran in an archaic fashion, which means it should be obsolete. Now, job is defined as an assignment, which is defined as thus, 
Let's look at assignment. Because I looked at the word job and it led me to the word assignment. What is an assignment? An assignment is a transfer of right in real property or personal property to another that gives the recipient, the transferee, the right that the owner or the holder of the property, the transferer, had prior to the transfer. So, if you have an assignment, which is in a job, you've transferred your rights. You've transferred your rights. So, do you have a job? Oh, nah, you used to tell the doc, I have a career. Well, what is a career? Let's examine it. Career, I have a career. I'm a dentist. I'm a psychiatrist. I'm a psychologist. I'm a doctor. Let me tell you something, man. If you don't know law, you ain't diddly squat. You ain't diddly squat because these esquires, these lawyers, these judges, these politicians, they are running the world. And these banksters, they are running the world. I don't care what the hell your career is. You ain't diddly squat. You're nothing but a damn victim and a slave. Career. The word, when we look at the verb of the word career, it means... I want you to, let's break down the words, because I'm going to show you how to break down words. When you look at the word career, you see the word car in there. Car rear. Car rear. I'm going to show you how to break down words, because most of our people have not been taught this. You're not taught civics anymore. But the Moors brothers and sisters are. Slam King. Slam Moors. So, career. Car rear. It's a verb. It means to rush. To rush at full speed. With implication of recklessness to move swiftly in an uncontrolled way in a specific, specified direction. Car rear, or as you say, career, career. Now, the root of the word career, when you look it up, is Latin. Chorus, meaning will, vehicle. Ha, I know you, you've been deceived, baby. Meaning will, vehicle which is also a source of car. Now, one middle French derivative of cars was carré, meaning race course. And when the non-career first appeared in English, it meant race track. Do you understand? Do you understand? <laughs> so you're running a race. You're running a dog race. So, when you look at the um, CA, car, the pronunciation ka, which is in career, C-A, or sometimes spelled K-A, we're breaking down this word career. Because to truly understand words, you got to break them down. And I'm showing you how to break them down. So you see in the word career, C-A-R-E-E-R, -E -E you break down that first C-A. So when we break down C-A, essentially, it's a person's devil. It was the life force, and at death, was separated from the body. That's the ka, ka in career. And the re, the e, the r, e, e, r, the r, e, e, r in career, when you break it down, is Latin from retro, meaning behind, at the back of, after, behind in place, after, by any rearing. So, but in the order to get this career, you want a career, 
not a job, but a career now, you want a career, where do you go? You go down to the Department of Human Resources. Human Resources. Resource. Resort. Expedient. Shift. Make shift. It means something that one turns into that something that was actually absent. So when they're out of something, they resource it with something. So something in turn of something that was actually absent, resource, turns something into the absence of the usual means of source of supply. So it becomes a resource. Resource and resorts apply to anything one falls back upon. So when you fall back upon something, it's a resource. Who fell back on something? The U.S. government, the United States, fell back on the people as human resources. They replaced your energy with what? They replaced money with your energy. So you became a resource. You became a human resource. So when you get a job or a career, they send you down to the Department of Human Resources because they use your time and energy to create money. Islam, King, do you understand? FDR done this in 1933. So, job, when we look it up in 1660s, it means to buy and sell as a broker. It's from job meaning to deal in public stock on one's own account. So when we look it up in 1721, it means to cheat. In 1721, job means to cheat, to betray. When we look it up in 1903 and earlier, it means provoke public service to private advantage. Provoke public service to private advantage. So I'm not so sure that you really want a job, unless you make your own. I'm not so sure that you want a job, where you really figure out what it means. Well, well, Tajwa, I don't want a job, I just work. Well, let's look at that. Let's develop into the word work. Work, it's a noun. It comes from Old English. Work, work. The verb comes from Old English word, W-Y-R-C-A-N, meaning to make or to do work, which in turn is derived from W-E-R-G, meaning to make a proto-Indo-European word. So work is to cause, to toll, or labor, work for the houses nearly to death, to make use of, to exploit. So work means to exploit, to control, or to guide the operation of switchers or work from a central tower. Servant, so if you work, what are you? You are a servant, you are a public servant. What is a servant? Servant is anyone who works for another individual. So if you work, are you not a servant? Yes, a servant is anyone that works. Hey, my, um, my reception's messing up. I'm gonna try to end it soon. But a servant is anyone that works for another individual. They work for the master. Now, I'm not making this up. These are the definitions. With or without pay. And if you work for a master without pay, you are a slave. If you work for a master, say maybe a penny a day in prison, you are a slave. No, Tazadok, I'm not a slave. I'm a 
employee. Well, what is an employee? Let's look at it. Because you got your career. After all, if you got your career, you are an employee. An employee is a servant. When we look in Black Lewis Dictionary, fifth edition, is an employee is a servant. An employer is a master. So what has Esau done? He's switch words. And because you suffer from aphasia and you really don't understand words, he's exchanged the word master with employer and slave with employee. Do you understand? So if you go to work on a job, you have a career, you are a slave, and that's what slavery really is. Do you understand? Is it any wonder that most of you that don't want to work, but you still go in because you don't know how to provide a job or work in your passion or do your passion? So master-servant is the employer and employee. Now these terms has actually been replaced with employer and employee. An employment contract is a legal enforceable by award or damages against either party who the perception of control. So brothers, sisters, this is absolute dictatorship. So you're, you're I contend you're still a slave. Most people listening to this message right now, if you got a job, if you if you have a department of human resources, you got a job, you have an employer, you are a slave, and that's what slavery really is. You don't have to be on a plantation anymore. So Black Lord's Dictionary defines employee as a person in the service of another under any contract or hire, express or implied, oral or written, where the employer has the power or the right to control, to control and direct the employee in the material details of how the work is to be performed. Is that not what the damn slave master done on the damn slam the damn plantations? Is that not why they train you to take your ass and to go to college to get a damn job or career? Is that not what they're doing? Are you still not a damn slave? So what are you arguing about? You don't want to educate yourself. You still want to remain in bondage. And that's what slavery really is. You are an employee. He says, show me a way out. Become a damn secure party creditor and produce for yourself. How do people produce for themselves in biblical times, in ancient times? You planted their own crops. They grew their own food. You had a skill. You was a crafter. You was a plumber. You, you, you did work. You work with your hands. You don't work in some damn office building. That's not really productive. Paper pushing. You had a, you, you did real work. You did it for yourselves, but you don't want to do that anymore. You want to move away from the farm. You don't want to own land. You said to show me a way out. I'm giving you the way, but you're too blind to see it. You have eyes, but you cannot see. You have ears, but you cannot hear. Do you understand? Now labor, what is labor? They have a labor department. They have labor laws. What is labor? You ever thought about it? You ever looked it up? 1300, it's a noun. It's a task, it's a project. Such as labors of Hercules. Later, extension of the body, trouble. 
difficulties, hardship, exertion, tax, tribulation, suffering. That's labor. And the late definition of it, it says to perform manual physical work. We already defined what work is. Hard, keep busy, take pains, strive, endeavor. From old French labor to work, toil, struggle, have difficulties, be busy. That's labor, is that what you want? It's not what I want. This is why I can never work in the system again. You're a boy. You ever wonder why they used to call the slaves boy? Hey, get over there, boy. And some of the, you know, even after slavery, some of the black men, hey, ain't I a man? Ain't I a man, master? Why do they call him a boy? What is a boy? A boy, when you look it up in the language of law, a boy is a servant. So when they call him boy, they were speaking in a social political status. Boy. Boy is a servant. It's a knave. It's a dishonest, uh, unscrupulous man. That's what a boy is. Again, I'll save you time. You could go and look up the word knave, K-N-A-V-E, means the same thing as boy. It's a servant. Girl. Girl, originally spelled in the 1300s, G-Y-R-L-E, is a child or a person. It, it, it didn't specify a specific gender at that particular time. It, a girl initially in the 1300 meant any sex. G-Y-R-L-E. Don't believe me, go and look it up for yourself. It was referring to either sex. Sweetheart. Agreement. An agreement between an employer and a labor union on terms favorable to the employer often arranged by a union office or official without participation or approval of union members. Sweetheart is an adjective, as an adjective with reference to labor contracts. It is arrested from 1959. A sweetheart. So do you really want to be a sweetheart? Oh, sweetheart It's an adjective in reference to labor contracts. What is a boss? And when people, in New York, they have this thing about calling people boss. Like the Arabs, Arabs. And I tell them, listen man, don't call me a damn boss. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah boss, can I get you in? Don't call me a damn boss. I'm not a boss. And it's starting to rain, I'm about to bring this to an end. But boss, it means to be master or manager of, to order and to direct as a boss. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not giving any more orders. I give you love. I give you love. So brothers and sisters, it's starting to rain out of here. So I'm gonna have to uh, bring this to a close. But before I do, I want to define the profession. It comes from 1200s. Vows taken upon entering a religious order. That's a profession. So I had to do with the church system. Vows taken upon entering a religious order from Latin, professional, public declaration from past, it has to do with the church system. What is a whore? You say, oh, she's a whore, she's a prostitute. Well, if you got a job, guess what? You are a whore. 
You are a, in street terms, a hoe. If you got a job, you are a whore. A whore means to hire that which is fixed or set wages. That's whore from Webster's Dictionary, 1828 edition. Wage, well, you want wages? Well, I want higher wages. Wage is, is slavery. It's a projunctic term used to draw an analogy between slavery and the wage labor by focusing on similarities between on and returning a person. It is usually used to reference a situation where a person's livelihood depends on wages or a salary, especially when the dependency is total and immediate. Wages. What does it mean to pay? Pay. Sense of suffering. To endure. To pay is a sense of suffer, meaning to endure from punishment, etc. That's pay. Do you understand? Check. Why? Why? I gotta get my check. Tells it out before you go. I need my check. I wanna get my check. Check is suddenly stoppage of a forward course of progress. That's a check. Sudden stoppage of forward progress. Cash. That's the English word. Cash originally meant money box, and later came to mean a secondary meaning of money. Do you understand? So with that, it's going to rain out, brothers and sisters. I'm going to have to bring this to a close. I put out very valuable information um, in this video. Again, in downtown United States bankruptcy court, even though it looks clear in the background, it's starting to rain out here, so I'm going to get out of here. Um, I thank everyone for tuning in. Um, hopefully, you got a lot of information from this video, as you can see, downtown, um, giving you right knowledge, as usual. Um, not too far. Wall Street's just up the block from where I was last week, but this time I'm downtown, New York City, United States Bankruptcy Court, because many of you, you're bankrupt in your mind. You're bankrupt in your mind. And I highly encourage you to learn these words, man, because they're killing us with words, because our people suffer from aphasia. But the Most High is raising a lot of us up. Hey, I thank you, King, for uh, from tuning in, Brother Bay. Islam, King. I Islam, more. Hey, study to show that suffer blue, man. You know what the Prophet said, man. Study, study, study again. And then if you ask me, I'm going to tell you to study yourself. Because that's the most important thing that you can study. Know who you are, man. 13 love. 13 love, King. So I'm going to head out of here. Um, I guess I'm going to get on the iron horse since I didn't drive over. Oh, wait, hey, I don't drive. I travel. But since I didn't, you know what I mean, I, I didn't use transportation to travel down here. I guess I'm going to hop on the Iron Wars right over here near the Bowling Green Station. So that's what it is, man. Um, get your minds right, kings. Get your minds right, queen. Um, spread this knowledge. You know, each one teach one. We spread this knowledge. We could, we could get out of this state. We could get control back. It's coming. This system is coming down. So have your minds right for when this system falls. Because this system is falling, man. This is your brother, Tyler Dock, coming at you from downtown United States, bankruptcy court. Bowling Green Station. Tazza Dock, it's out. Call me Asha Allah, Shalom, Islam, peace. To all eight. Peace and love to all of you, man. I'm out, man. Shalom.
Live stream doesn't want me to get off, man. Can't shut it down. Right, so I'm gonna say shalom to everyone. Shalom, 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 shalom.